Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Oh, what a surprise, we're talking about a 90s movie. Good God, Janine, you <laughs> just can't help yourself, can you? Hey, well, it, it's it's running with the theme right now, so it's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I guess. I guess I will forgive you this one and the at least 70 others that we've covered in the history <laughs> Morgan hasn't seen. Yay! It's four decades of horror. I've enjoyed this series thoroughly so far, I must say. And we'll continue to enjoy it in today's episode. Don't make, don't let that statement sound ominous for you all. Did Morgan hate this movie? No. No, he didn't. So you can all shush, shush up thinking, <laughs> I don't like all the 90s movies Janine makes me watch because we are into the 90s on the four decades of horror series Janine on Morgan hasn't seen. And we are talking this thing that you've wanted me to watch for several years, I feel. Yes, well, I mean, don't put this build up on it, because then people are like, really? This is the movie she's been wanting him to watch? I feel like it is, though. I mean, it is. I am of the era of the 90s teen horror. That is my genre of horror. That is what got me to be a horror fan. And, um... So this is in that vein. This is the post-scream, like, jump on that train. But I think it's one of the few that actually, like, did it well and um, had some really great things in it. Um, while, yes, also kind of trying to copy some things from Scream, um, I think, you know, I appreciated the premise of it and some solid horror moments in there, some good kills. So I, I think this is a solid um, Scream kind of, from that scream knockoff era, I think this is a solid uh, slasher. I I understand why why you call this era the scream knockoff era, because it is quite impressive the level of kind of I don't know I don't know what maybe the right word is but revival that scream gave this kind of genre of horror. Yeah. In the mid-90s, going into the late-90s, you could see why you would refer to such movies as this, and I know what you did last summer, etc., as Scream Knockoff. But don't you have this with every era and every type of subgenre of horror? Is you have the one movie that kind of did it better than the others, and then you have the ones that came after that tried to do it as well as that, None ever quite did, but they were still unique enough in their own way and interesting enough in their own way that people actually still like them, which is exactly where I feel Urban Legend falls in. Yeah. Yes, it has. Yes, plot-wise, sure, it's the exact same as every other slashy you've ever seen, <laughs> but it's unique enough, it's interesting enough, it's different enough in idea in premise, and in kind of kills, I guess. Even though yeah. it's kind of based on urban legends, isn't it? So it's based on what we perceive as traditional ways of killing people in Scaring horror people. or yeah. whatever it may be. But I actually think it's done quite uniquely. So I, 
I don't necessarily want to just hound on Urban Legend right from the start by saying it's a knockoff. I, uh, actually, while it might not be the greatest slasher, the greatest horror movie ever, I think it deserves a little bit of respect. It's one of its lead actors I don't respect and don't <laughs> like, but still, the movie, I think, deserves some respect. So, there's my uh, opening on Urban Legend. I'm sure you're quite happy with my thinking in that way. Yes. Um, I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about this one. I didn't know if you were going to think it was pretty basic and generic. Um do because I not watch you, pretty basic you, and generic horror movies anyway? As long as there's you, something in there. When it's a movie like this, I know you can focus and really appreciate things like, you know, the simple things about a slasher like The Kills. Um, like, you know, Halloween Kills was a mess of a movie, but you enjoyed it because, I enjoyed it. because of The Kills. Because yeah. it, it did the things that slashers are supposed to do. Well, it didn't make any sense, but it did the thing that slashes are supposed to do. So exactly. why would I not enjoy it? So, so yeah, so I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about this as somebody who likes also very unique horror films. Yeah, um, so when you, it comes to something as simple as a slasher, um, you're going to kind of focus on just the very simplest things about it. So I wasn't sure if you were going to get into that side of it and, and like the simple things that this movie does. Um, or if you were just going to feel like it was simply just kind of a generic thing. Janine, I'm going to be honest with you. The only horror movies I tend not to like either are the ones that bore me or the ones that are so kind of almost disgustingly based in reality that they take not and i'm not talking about gritty 70s stuff that kind of is based in reality it's it's about real things and real people but there's a heightened kind of craziness to it where it takes it over the top like i've watched horror movies in the past that are just miserable movies not and not in a oh, I'm watching something that's slightly taboo, or I'm watching something that's slightly extreme, like a video nasty kind of movie. Not in that way, but just miserable movies about just depressing things where there's yeah. no... There's nothing there that makes you enjoy it. You can, you might be able to appreciate it, but there's but no... You're not having fun no, with You don't it. get any enjoyment out of it. Yeah, And horror for me is is... A lot about enjoyment so a movie can be fairly silly fairly run-of-the-mill as this one may be and a lot of slashers may be but what slashers have going for them is that 99% of the time they're actually fun yeah and they're entertaining so, so yeah so I wasn't sure if you were going to just feel it was very generic or if you were going to be able to have fun with it but I, I enjoyed did. it, so I you thought did I'd share it with you. I've been wanting to share it with you to kind of see your thoughts, so yeah, it's going to be fun. It is definitely going to be fun. Janine, I do know we have one thing to do before we get into a main discussion, though. What is that? 
We have to say a huge thank you to our It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. Every week on an episode on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, we say a lovely thank you to all the wonderful patrons of It's a Wonderful Podcast. If you would like to join them, if you would like to join us and support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com. Type in It's a Wonderful Podcast. You'll find us. Find the tier that's right for you. We have a whole bunch of fun stuff going on on the Patreon. You get, well, you get these shout-outs. Everybody gets that. You get to vote in polls. You get live streams. You get fun extra videos. You get artwork. You get custom things sometimes. If you yes. particularly choose a certain thing whole bunch of added stuff on the It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon. If you would like to support us over there, we would love you greatly. And we will start by saying a lovely thank you to Maxwell Haddad. And thank you, Amber Coates. Thank you to Abby Freel. Thank you, Ferris Muthana. Thank you to 90s Comics Box Janine's Big Brother Justin. Thank you, Video Drew. Thank you to Adelaide. Thank you, Christina Farrow. Thank you, Heather Sabian. Thank you, Megan McCurley, a.k.a. Dr. Megs. Thank you to Marcus Burton. Thank you to Movie Fenobi Steve. Thank you, Samia Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Hardin. Thank you, Carla Feast. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you to Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsack. Thank you to Tom Ankiver of the Odd Shape Channel. And thank you to Billy Pollahan. Yes. Yay. Patrons are wonderful people and we love right. them dearly, Janine. We do. I do much. not believe, I do not believe, however, that you love the patrons nearly as much as you love Joshua Jackson. <laughs> now, um, it's, it's really close. It's, it's really close. It's even, a tight one. Even Bleach Blonde, Joshua Jackson. Horrible hair on Joshua Jackson in this movie, Janine. I must say, I mean, I know it's 1998, but good God, what's he doing? I believe he died at Four Cruel Intentions. Um, I don't even remember him being in Cruel Intentions, Janine. I know that was a long time ago that we covered that movie. On Morgan, I hasn't seen. I just remember weird, the weird... Weird cool intentions came out the following year, but I think thing that was going on. <laughs> um, yes, I think that that would pull your attention away from gay. It Joshua really Jackson. did. It was very disturbing. <laughs> um, yes, I think that would pull your attention away from gay Joshua Jackson and Cruel Intentions. Um, I it did come out the following year from this movie, but I want to say maybe he died. I read something that he had died as here for that movie to kind of make him stand apart from Pacey. Um, because he was so well known, right. at, you know, as a TV star at the time, um, and at, during filming. So then his hair was still blonde, I guess, when he did this movie as well. Because I think they were filming around the same time. So um, I yeah. don't believe a word of it. <laughs> I think he did it because he wanted to do it, and he looks like an idiot. No, he would never just. I don't think he would do that on his own because that just is not a good look. Not. Not it's at all. So 1998. I mean, a great deal of this movie is so very <coughs> 1998. And ultimately, doesn't that hold a little bit of charm? It does. It does. It's, it's a time capsule. 
of a of another time of my teen years. So I appreciate that. That's why I think I shove so much nineties down your throat because I'm like, I want you to know how great it was. <laughs> it's like me. It it's just like me trying to shove. I don't know. 2013 down your throat <laughs> i mean i was around for that so like i was a, a an, an adult person for that time <laughs> well yes so. but it'd be like um i don't have any fondness for the year 2013 anyway i, I, I don't know what i'm talking about anyway <laughs> but anyway. yes um so this movie i think has one of the strongest and well done uh, slasher openings of any horror movie. I absolutely of love all this opening. Slashes. I mean, of of most slashers, I think. Of most I think this is, slashers. I think this do is we, a solid opening. It, if we were to tier slasher openings, Janine, do we do we put the opening of Urban? I mean, it's a good opening, yes. Urban Legend. But do we put it on the same level? Screams opening. Do we put it on the same level as Halloween's opening? Okay. If I had a top 10 or top 20 list of openings, this would be in the 10 to 15 range. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. Yes. I think that's fair. It is a very, very good slasher opening. And it it switches up on you, which is always fun. Yes. So I kind of love the twist of this opening. And there's just like these subtle things as you go through it. So this girl's driving. Um, she already like almost has an accident because she's looking for a tape. Um, she pops the tape in. It's the, you know, total eclipse of the heart turn around song. So. And now is where we <laughs> sing total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> Turn around. I can't do that. No, that's perfect. It's perfect. Um, so then you know we see she's drive. She passes a well lit, very busy, bustling gas station, and immediately after that is when her her gas light comes on. She's low of gas. So just like little things like that, like oh my gosh, she was so close to stopping at a place where it seemed a lot safer, right? I question why she's not noticed she's running out of gas before her light comes on as the little indicator. I'm always looking at the little indicator thing. Indicator yeah. thing. And it's right in front. It's on. It's, it's on literally the on the E. <laughs> right in front of your steering wheel. How can you miss it? She's too busy trying to find t her, uh, her total, total eclipse, eclipse tape. cassette tapes. Yes. Well, I mean, I and I think that's already a setup of just kind of how distracted her character is that she's not even noticing something like that because she was too busy looking for that tape she almost crashed so silly driving um, don't so just... focus on music <laughs> yeah especially on driving um so yeah there's already kind of uh, um something that's going to subvert your expectations to where this opening is going so we see her pass this well-lit bright gas station um, only to, you know, have her gaslight come on and now she's to stop at this, you know, more creepy, rundown, you know, horror movie style gas station. Let's, um, let's call it the gas station from Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they sell yes. the, the quote-unquote chicken yes. that is at people. And you might get beaten with a broom. Um... <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> oh, Janine, you've just reminded me of my low-key favourite part of Texas Chainsaw <laughs> yeah, Massacre when he's just hitting her with very softly with a broom. Yes. What's he doing? Yeah, right. And it's not like not even like the stick part. Like he could be jabbing her with that. No, he's just you're not doing anything. He's just like it's like that. There, there. <laughs> there, there. Let's Alec Baldwin is, brushing is, is brushing her with brush. the broom. Yeah. Um. So hilarious. She, yes. So she makes it to this rundown Texas Chainsaw level um a gas station where she is met by a, of course, scary-looking <laughs> Brad Dorif. So this movie also is filled with... Name. Yes, this film is also filled with, like, some higher... Some very, you know, notable horror icon actors. Uh, we have Brad Dorif, we have Robert England, uh, Daniel Harris. So people yes. who are just well-known for, for horror. Um, so he comes as this very creepy gas station attendant... Um, he has a stutter, so it's hard for him to talk. So that makes him even more creepy. And so you think this girl is kind of doing everything right in the situation. She kind of slips her card through like the thinnest part of the the window. She doesn't roll down her window to have him pump her gas. Um, and he seems very just kind of shifty and he's kind of looking in her backseat and you really don't know what's going on with him. And she even comments, she's like, oh, freak show, because like he's very weird. So that's very, that's very judgmental. That's a little right? bit unfair. I mean, there's no there's no need to judge someone. Exactly. So he runs inside. It's Danielle Harris. Yes. And even when we pass the nice gas station, we see some thunder crash so and some lightning so we know okay oh, yeah. now he now here comes the rain so this adds to the mood of the situation um so he has her gas pumping he runs inside um he comes back out and he tells her hey ma'am the credit card company's on the phone they want to talk to you and she's like is there a problem he's like oh they're just asking to speak with you so she's like kind of freaked out what do i do but she's still, you know, being pretty smart. So she grabs her coat, she grabs her pepper spray, and she runs inside. So um, as she goes to answer the phone, we see him lock the door behind her. So now you're just like, yeah. oh, great, what is happening? Brad Dorf is creepy and scary. Oh, my gosh. I just appreciated how Brad Dorf used his stuttering skills that he honed 23 years before when he did once uh, one for all the cuckoos next. Yes, his Oscar-nominated role. He was very young. Yes, so that he that came into play here as well, which causes some more issues with this whole situation. Um, so we yeah. see him kind of creepily lock the door behind her. She goes to answer the phone, and it obviously there's no one on the phone, so he was kind of tricking her. So he comes to her he tries to put his hands on his shoulders to tell her something but he can't get it out because of his stutter and she freaks out like no don't touch me get away from me and so she fights back like this is kind of what you want to see your opening heroine try to do um is fight back uh so she you know fights him off she sprays the pepper spray in his eye and she throws the phone through the glass to get out because the door is locked um, and she gets away. She runs to her car. She drives off. And you think, oh, my gosh, she, 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 she did it. You know, Brad Dorf jumps in front of the car. He's trying to tell her, wait, like he's trying to tell her something. Um, at a certain point, you feel you can tell he's not after her. He's trying to tell her something. Yeah. Um, so you're still trying to figure out what's going on. 
Um, so she, you know, drives off, you know, hits him with the car. He rolls off. And as she drives away, this moment oh, like gave me chills the first time I saw it because it's like, oh my gosh. So she drives off and you see him scream to the car. There's someone in the back seat and you're just like, oh, what? Oh my gosh. So she's driving. The music is very intense, but you're still hearing the turnaround song. So as you know, and she's she's singing along with it to kind of get her nerves under control. This creepy music is playing while you hear the turn around like and you see a figure rising in her backseat. Um, and then we see her look into the rear view, see what's happening. And then an axe comes swinging at her face. And that is yeah. your opening. <laughs> so good. There, so good. There we go. There you can see the scream influence kill off who seems like your main character right at the start of the movie yeah who's fighting back who's doing all the right things like creepy guy creepy place bring my pepper spray fight back and you think oh she's gonna get away like look at her she like knows what to do like and that's he locked her in so he must be creepy he's got a creepy stutter like all of these things all this build up to kind of villainizing this gas station attendant so you're kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? He's the killer. Oh my gosh, this is so creepy. Only to kind of subvert your expectation to realize, no, he was trying to help her. He was trying to warn her because that moment he was looking in her backseat, he saw somebody was back there. Um, yeah. And th just that buildup, of, it, it's so creepy. And that could happen to anyone because how often do people just like kind of look back and check their backseat when they get into their car? Um, so definitely a, an urban legend that I think is well known and to kind of play that up for your opening, I thought worked so well. And just him screaming in the rain at the car, there's someone in the back seat like that just always creeped me out because like, oh, my gosh. And then the song, the turnaround song is so perfect as well. And the figure just kind of rising up as those words are being sung. Uh, I absolutely I can't I can't say enough about how much I love this opening just all of the elements of it coming together to kind of give you your premise to you know subvert your expectations um and just to kind of know that this movie is going to be really fun so yes absolutely yeah. love it it's a very very intense opening I, I I did very much enjoy it I actually feel like you have in the past sometimes made it out to me that Urban Legend is a movie that has a wonderful opening and then is the rest of the movie. Now, that that, that to me is doing the mo movie a disservice because I think the rest of the kills in this movie are just as good as that one. Yes, no, but the I kills are think... great, but I just think I... that moment is peak moment and then I don't... I, th I think the rest of the movie is, is great, but it's still not as good as that opening. Whereas like something with a scream fair. would like something like a scream. I think scream has an amazing opening and then you get all this commentary and great conversations and dialogue between the characters and these great funny moments that the rest of the movie is also up to par with that opening, you know, whereas yeah. this one, they try to do those funny quippy conversations between teenagers and have these kind they of do. maybe a little bit of meta moments and things like that, that don't play as, as, as well as that opening. So that's kind of where my thought process was with that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I just, uh, I just do. I, I really did like the kills in this, and I suppose I was supposed to like the kills. Well, yeah. It's it's slashes are based around the kills. 
most of the time anyway, aren't they? Yeah, and you're working However, with such a one, fun premise of an urban legend. Exactly. This one is literally based around the specific way somebody's killing. Yeah. Um, it's very precisely done. <laughs> yes. Because that's part of it. It's not just, oh, somebody kills someone. It has to be an exact way and yes. system of killing someone, which is, is the interesting thing about it. I will say, though, there ain't many of these quote-unquote urban legends that I've actually heard of. Yes, I mean, I think I knew the one about the the boyfriend one, um, which has been told, like, in a bunch of different ways. Like, I think even at the beginning of, uh, I know what you did last summer, they're kind of talking about the boyfriend and girlfriend parked out and the, the man with the hook for hand scraping on the car and things like that. Um, so that one has been kind of told different ways. Uh, when a stranger calls, um, I think that's, well, that's probably that's unknown. The one, yeah. Yes. Um, the, you know, pop rocks and soda, that's probably a more recent <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I, I, think, I, don't... I, think the, I think this movie's concept of what an urban legend is is a little bit different to my yeah, concept so, of an urban legend. So... I think these are just things people might believe in. Yes, so I think there's a combination of actual like folklore urban legends and then added to that is like modern ones that like people have kind of made up over the more recent years. And those are kind of also just if you're going based off of the term of an urban legend, something that kind of has been built up um, to a society or whatever, then it, it would fall under that umbrella. But it's not something that had been kind of made up since, you know, ages ago. Urban legends, well, they fall, they fall into a certain category, don't they? Because you can't call folklore urban legends because folklore, in its truest form, is incredibly rural. Yes. So, you know, it's a, if anything, it's a rural legend. Urban <laughs> legend is Canada. Well, I'm That's just saying because an urban he, legend is. I'm just saying he, he's teaching it in a folklore class. So <laughs> he is, and it's, a, it's part of it. It is. A hundred percent, it is because it's it's urban folklore. It's just yeah, it's it's modern folklore basically. That's what yes, urban legends so. are, and that's you know some of them. Yes, okay, somebody being in the back seat of your car that kills you. Sure, um, the specifics of the teenage couple parked out in the middle of nowhere. I've never heard before, but I've certainly heard the idea of teenage couple parked out in the middle of nowhere and one of them dies. Yeah, so it's always kind of like a, a story that gets changed from like different movies and different stories and things. So um, yeah, there's never yeah, so that's never a specific one that's always kind of the same. Um, but obviously, the calls are coming from inside of the house is everyone's favorite. <laughs> Yes. And the most that's, obvious that's, one. Yes. And and probably the most chilling and scary of, of, all, of all of them. It um, is. Go and watch when a stranger comes. Yes. And also um, scream because it might be the same. And also Black and Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we kind of meet our group of college students. So we're in college now. So I guess that was like, oh, we're not going to be like scream. We're going to be in college. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a point, actually. <laughs> we're going to be like scream too. <laughs> and here, herein lies Jared Leto, a person I don't like. 
who is in this movie being generally annoying, and I don't like him, Janine. So this I don't is like, like him because Jared, everything you hear about Jared Leto is just weird. It's not great, but like this was, I think, pre pre all of that because literally, like his bio at the time. Because I have this movie on DVD, so I I you know went through and was looking at all the like actor bios, and literally the only thing on his bio at this time was um, his character Jordan Catalano from my so-called life so he had really done not much else i think a lot of these actors had done not not much else um so we meet kind of our group of of uh characters we have alicia witt who's our lead kind of final girl um we have rebecca gayhart the kind of best friend character the art tatum ish character um yeah we have michael rosenbaum he's like our you know party guy who's kind of opening this scene by telling us um, the story of their college, um, uh, kind of a, a urban legend about the college where um, at, at the Stanley Hall on campus where somebody, like a professor went crazy and went from door to door and everyone who answered got, you know, murdered with an ax and there was one lone survivor. There um, is definitely 100%, by the way, several thousand teachers in the world who want that to be true. <laughs> yeah. I want to kill my students. They're all They're terrible. The worst. People. Murder, murder, murder. <laughs> yes. Um, so we have Joshua Jackson. He's kind of like a goofball, kind of the comic relief kind of character. Um, and Tara Reed, who is Michael Rosenbaum's girlfriend, who hosts like the local radio show. So we actually hear her on the radio, like the the girl who got killed at the beginning. She was actually listening to the radio show before she put that tape in. Um yeah. So they're kind of having that conversation like, oh, my gosh, you know, somebody told me that she was listening to my show when she died. So my voice might have been the last thing she heard. And um, so then, yes, it's a um, very self-centered thing. Right. To because that's yes. what you're focused on. Not that she's died, just that your voice might have been the last thing. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's make this about you, uh, Tara Reid. <laughs> so, um, which Tara Reid was actually not bad in this movie. Uh, I think this, her, is, this, is, her, this is my her. thing with Tara Reid. Tara Reid was never bad when she was at the height of her career. Yeah, now the, the, the Sharknado levels of performance we're getting from her something, is just like... Something just happened to Tara. Something very unfortunate mentally happened to Tara Reid, like it does with many people, and has done with other people. I mean, look at Amanda Bynes. Not of the, I, don't, I think Amanda Bynes infinitely more successful... As an actor. Reed, but yeah but the kind of tr- the traje- the trajectory horrible word for me to say <laughs> has been the same yeah and it's unfortunate because I, I you know American pie she was always great in yeah you saw her in pop up in anything in 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 this she was she was solid time. you know Josie and the Pussycat she was great um so read yeah so she yeah does make it about her talking about oh yeah you know my voice might have been the last thing she heard so then her boyfriend michael rosenbaum is goes into the story about stanley hall so it's kind of like all these students kind of listening to this creepy story and this is when jared leto comes in he's kind of this cocky like um uh lead editor of the school newspaper and he kind of chimes in with like you know well actually you know <laughs> i don't i don't think this movie likes newspaper people very much Janine. yes they make him very smug and obnoxious 
but you know, it's Jared Leto in the nineties, so he's still and pretty cute. Believable because yeah. he's horrible. And imagine Jared. I'm not watching Jared Leto's stupid <laughs> vampire movie either. I'm not doing that. I don't care how many people tell me to. Okay, well, maybe <laughs> if I go watch it and it's not terrible, I'll have to. We'll have to figure out a Morgan Hasn't Seen level build up to that movie. Um, no. <laughs> We'll do a Jared, a Jared Leto month. Absolutely not. <laughs> I've heard that before. And, uh, you know, so <sighs> we'll see. Don't make it known that you don't want to do things because then at so- a certain point, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to just make you do this. So it's a good don't point. <laughs> so stop telling me what you don't want to do because then I might just, you know, lord my power over you and <laughs> make you do it anyway. Um, so yes, he does kind of chime in uh, with you know his well actuallys as Michael Rosenbaum is telling this this uh, scary story. So this is kind of how we're introduced to our characters. Um, so then that's when we kind of I think they end up seeing uh, the school paper later. Oh, so then they go to the folk- folklore class with Robert England as the professor, and he's talking about urban legends and. Um, He's showing there's, these there's, really there's a demonstration, isn't it? Yes. Demonstration. So he's talking about different ones. He brings up the um the the, the stranger in the house. Uh and then he brings up uh the pop rocks urban legend that has been, you know, kind of a thing, I guess, at the time. So not an um, urban he... legend. To call <laughs> that an urban legend is a disservice to urban legends, but we've already been over that. Yes. So um Rebecca Gayhart's character decides to be part of this little experiment. So she comes up, he hands her the pop rock, she puts them in her mouth, and then he tries to hand her a soda. And he's like, now drink the soda. And she refuses to do it because she heard that, oh, if you, you know, eat pop rocks and then drink a fizzy soda, it'll make your stomach explode. Um, so the fact that like, just something as simple as that is bill has been built up um, so much like it's you're not going to do it like you're you're too scared to do it something as simple as that because of how this story has kind of been built up is that not more of a case of i know i'm hung up on i might get i might be hung up on this but is that not more of a case of just a collective group that just believe i mean i suppose that's what an urban legend is anyway is a collective group of people that believe the same thing but it feels like something on the same level like a superstition but like a silly superstition like oh i'm going to die if i don't put my right shoe on before my left shoe every single day well they bring up even like some subtle things and i mean i they also i think copied scream as well bringing up which i don't even know how this became a rumor or i guess an urban legend of richard gear sticking a gerbil up his butt like that's a thing what yes yes that had been a rumor uh, 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 an herb so they bring so that so i think michael rosenbaum makes a joke to that extent um that when um, Alicia Witt's character is starting to kind of see the pattern of the kills being based on urban legends, he jokes at saying, oh, yeah, maybe the killer will shove a gerbil up a celebrity's ass, which Tatum also made that that comment in Scream when she's talking to Sydney on her porch 
And, you know, she's telling her, you know, the rumors about your mom, a lot of people were saying them, you can only hear that Richard Gere gerbil story so many times before you have to start believing it. So that something like that is even, I guess, considered an urban legend, because um, it's just been a story that has been told, like, you know, and built up to a certain degree. So I guess anything that kind of falls into that would be considered an urban legend, I guess. (laughs) That is a phenomenal, specific (laughs) recollection that you've just made (laughs) about two movies. How the hell do you remember that the same weird reference to Richard Gere sticking a gerbil somewhere is made in both this movie and in Scream? I know you like Scream and I know you like this movie, but that is one tiny line... (laughs) Your recollection I've seen, is unbelievable. I've seen these movies enough times to pull things like that because I was always still because like even when I heard that um, that that was a rumor or whatever, I still never like knew where it originated from, that. how it started, like if it was even true. Like so, yeah, that was always just a really curious celebrity Hollywood thing that movies were referencing, and I just never was like, what did what did that really happen? Like how did that go? So yeah. Um, so I think, I don't know, maybe it was just because of my curiosity of like, how did this even become a thing to be mentioned in two movies um, was, is weird. Very um, weird. Yes. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I have not got a clue. Yes. Um, uh, so I guess even something like that could be considered an urban legend, just something, a story, a cautionary tale of sorts um, to be built up to a certain degree um, would be considered that. Um, so yeah, so like this Pop Rocks thing. So she refuses to do it. She's scared. Um, and so then uh, Joshua Jackson decides to come up and he says he'll do it. So he eats the Pop Rocks, he drinks the soda and Robert England is like, see, he's perfectly fine. You know, nothing's wrong with him. And then Joshua Jackson starts convulsing and spitting and freaking out and, and goes on the floor and he's shaking and he's coughing and choking and everyone's getting scared. And then he's just joking around. He's perfectly fine. Um, you know, the best performance of his entire career. Yes. I mean, did you believe it? Did you believe it, Morgan? A little bit, actually. Yeah. A little bit. Thought, thought, thought they were going in a different way. And to be fair, I do actually think the movie does that several times pretty well. In more serious situations sometimes, and in sillier situations like this sometimes. But it does, it does twist a scene on you. Where you yeah. don't necessarily think it's going quite a good few times. It keeps you on your toes, Janine, which is something every good slasher should do. Exactly, because I, I think that the opening really kept you on your toes. So I think they wanted to have more moments like that. Um, so Let's get uh, into the kills. <laughs> yes, uh, so we do have... Um, now it's, it's become known uh, that um, the girl has been killed. She did go to that Correct. college with the them. Opening, yes. yes, Jared Leto has done an article about it. The dean is not happy with this article because he doesn't want the school to be seen as an unsafe place and all these things. Uh, we have Reese played by, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? What's her name? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea who you're referring to. Are you the, referring to the, the campus? Guard? Yeah, yes. Who takes her job very seriously. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. I haven't got a clue. 
Oh, Loretta Devine. Loretta Devine. She plays Reese, um, the cop on campus who, you know, she would be comparable to, I guess, LL Cool J in, in Halloween H2O. Um, she's, Possibly, she's very, yes. she, yeah, she's very serious about her job and campus safety. And so they are not happy about this article that Jared Leto has written. They're taking his papers and, and they're confiscating all his copies of the article. Yeah, um, refer to Jared Leto, it's actually true. Yes. And he's actually really kind of smug about it because uh, Alicia Witt, her um, kind of response is like, you know, this was somebody's life and you're just kind of using it to, to, you know, um, show off, you know, your newspaper and all of this stuff. And, and like, you're not really talking about her like she's a person. And so that kind of. That is a, that's a tough thing that you find with reporting on serious issues though is that you try and you've got to because you've always got to try and be as factually as as factual as, as possible. possible yeah and almost take opinion out of it you yeah have, so you his response heart. i understand which is another reason i kind of didn't like jared leto obviously in this movie because he is very much like i am in this for the job and I, if i don't have he doesn't talk like that but he feels like he does talk like that because he's very smug if i don't have a good back catalog of articles how will i ever get a position at the newspaper he doesn't he really really doesn't talk like that <laughs> you make him talk like, like that, that is just attitude. throwing me off um so yeah when she does kind of tell him like how heartless he's being with how this article he's written and these like torrid or torrid lurid details he's giving about her death um you know she kind of calls him out and says you know people need to see this girl as a person like you know and, and care about what happened to her and he's like well because i wrote this you know 30,000 or whatever students will see that. Um, yeah. I think that's enough to help me sleep at night is what he says. So, um, you know, he kind of sets up his character to really just have, you know, be focused on the facts and what's going on with that and being a little bit kind of heartless. Um, and we also need to kind of explain that Rebecca Gayhart's character does have a huge crush on him, but he seems like he is more so into godly reason ungodly reason i should okay, say well, i don't think you have eyes in your head despite whatever you think about that man he is he is an attractive yeah absolutely man. Isn't, oh my god especially particularly in this movie he doesn't have his jesus hair he is you know he has his really I think he thinks he's jesus that's why <laughs> that's why he has jesus hair so this is going to be um 30 more minutes of you just hating uh jared leto apparently no, not if we don't talk about him anymore. Well, we dies. kind of have to talk about him. Only when um, he dies. <laughs> I mean, that, no, I don't wish death on I don't wish death <laughs> on real life, Jared Leto. No, I don't. That, that's too um, far. So, um, Alicia Witt's character, which I believe her name is Natalie, um, is now kind of under some stress because, you know, uh, we found out later she did know that girl. They went to high school together. They were really close. They were friends. So this is why she had such a harsh reaction to um, her death. Um, so now, you know, more people are kind of starting to pop up dead. Um, or dead or missing. In, yes. In these certain situations. And I yes. was sad to Janine. 
Were you sad I because Joshua sad. Jackson, Joshua Jackson, did not make it to the end of this movie? He didn't even make it anywhere near as long as I would have. Uh, yeah, because I would have expected him. He is kind. He's the second casualty, I believe. So, um, you know, she's really down and sad about you know her friend's death, Michelle, the girl from the beginning. And he decides, like, oh, you know, hey, you know, we can skip this party if you want. Let's just go somewhere and talk. So he takes her kind of to the middle of the woods in his crappy car, which there is a really fun Dawson's Creek in joke, which, you know, seeing this movie just just skyrockets this movie to the top of my favorite slashers list um, when there's a really admit, fun Dawson's Creek in joke. I, I did find the joke funny. It was well played. Yes, I his car is <laughs> yeah, his car is a piece of crap. He has to like hit the dashboard to get it to like go. And when he hits the dashboard, the radio comes on and it's playing. I don't want to wait. The Dawson's Creek theme song. It's great. And he like and he's disgusted by it too, which is like the funnier thing of that. He's like, oh God, I hate that song. Um, so they drive out to the middle of the woods and he's like, you know trying to be vulnerable with her but you know he, he's totally being a pig so he's like telling this fake story about this girlfriend who had a disease and she died and she's kind of catching on to like his ridiculous antics and then he kind of tries to go in for a kiss and it doesn't go well she punches him in the face she tells him to leave her alone so then he's like okay fine i'll take you home and but let me go take a leak so he goes to pee and um, then he he just doesn't come back. So then, no, that's he, no, he doesn't come back. But something not happens back. to him, doesn't? Yes, he? as he as he is relieving himself, we see a rope get pulled around his neck. Um, so then, uh, Natalie gets out of the car to try to kind of look for him, and then she sees our killer who is in a um, like a slicker and a it's like a like a winter coat with like a hood. I want to, I, I really, 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 really question how the hell nobody can see this killer's face when he's just wearing a coat. Like how heavy is this hood? He looks like the emperor from Star Wars for God's sake. With this yeah, it's like on. this. It just shades his entire face in dark. Yeah, this hood is so like long forward that you can't see anything. It's like he's um, wearing a black sheet underneath the hood. Right? So just nothingness. It's, it's a very weird choice of of killer costume. Um, so they, So they, she sees them, freaks out, tries to get in the car, but obviously it's been set up that this car is a piece of crap so you know she's having a hard time starting it up and then she sees something happening on the hood of the car and she hears scraping like sneaker kind of screeching yeah. and we look and we see it's it's uh, joshua jackson <laughs> um he is roped to a tree like in a noose and his feet are scraping and he's telling her not to start the car because it is attached to this noose so the killer is coming for her. It, they're on the roof. They're kicking in the windshield. And so she drives away. And as she drives, the car gets stopped. And Joshua Jackson is hung from the tree because yeah. of her driving now, away. I thought that was a very inventive death. But apparently it was one of the urban legends that happens all the time, supposedly. But I think that's a really interesting unique thing yeah I mean, it may not have been, but i'm i may 
I may not have just come across it before and it just yeah. felt unique to me because well, I actually think that's a really in, interesting yeah and it makes kind of in a, in a slasher and it makes the person who's trying to get away the one who ends up actually doing the killing um exactly. and it's like this whole misunderstanding of like oh my gosh I'm trying to get away but if I do try to get away it's like a like a saw level trap type kind of it situation it's exactly what it um, is and he's taunting her enough to get her, to get her to be scared to drive away. Well, yeah. he, they <laughs> are taunting her enough to get her to drive away. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and that's what happens. And so then as she backs up, because she realizes she's stuck on something, Damon's body, Joshua Jackson's body, falls right into the car. So she freaks out. She runs away. She goes to uh, Reese, who is watching coffee. <laughs> And like, Jeez. you know, I like that scene where she's kind of like, you know, doing her best Pam Greer impression is great. And um, she has her driver out there and there's nothing. There's no car. There's no body. Nothing. So now it's just nobody believes her. Uh, Damon is presumed to be missing. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum says, oh, no, he went on a big ski trip. So that's probably where he went. He's probably just messing with you. He has a fake dummy he likes to use to trick people. So he was probably just messing with you. But she's I like, no. Quite liked Michael Rosenbaum in this movie. I mean, the, the character was obnoxious, but I thought he was quite good in this movie. I mean, he pierced his dog's nose. That sounds terrible. He did. We don't. He, he pierced his dog's nose and got his dog drunk in yes. this movie. Poor but he. I still liked Michael Rosenbaum in this movie. Not necessarily yeah. his character, but but the actor. Yes. So credit there. Yeah, he, he's great as kind of the party guy, the um, uh, um, kind of comic relief. Him and Joshua Jackson were kind of, yeah. I think, our comedy duo uh, in this movie. So, yeah, so nobody's believing her. Um, you know, people are trying to convince her that he's probably just on the ski trip. Um, but she's kind of like, he's missing. Like, I, 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 I saw his body that wasn't a dummy. So this is kind of our second kind of thing. So then we get to her roommate. Um, Oh, uh, Tosh, oh, no. played by Daniel Harris. She's super goth and intense and and crazy and on lithium and just hooking up with random goth guys. So there was a moment that, earlier. That's Daniel Harris. I mistakenly said that the girl from the beginning was Daniel Harris before. I apologize for that. No, it is the roommate Tosh. So she does. There it was a, a, a scene earlier where she walks into the room. She turns the light on and Tosh is like having sex with some guy and she yells at her to turn the lights off. You're downplaying it, Janine. You, you, you're downplaying the. It's the most absurdly out of nowhere aggressive nonsense you've ever seen in your life. Flick on the lights. Oh, what's that in front of me? It might as well have been. You needed to keep the lights off, and there's the there's the urban legend. Isn't it? Oh, yes, you need. You should have kept the lights off, or you should have turned. I don't know what. It Aren't was you exactly. glad? Aren't now. you? Like, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Is kind of the thing. So I'm um, glad I didn't turn. I am glad I didn't turn on the light in the first instance. It's the last thing I don't understand this, Janine. I don't understand this this concept. I've never understood. It doesn't happen in Britain. It doesn't happen what, in sharing British a room, having a roommate. This whole having no, you have roommates, don't you? But you have your own bedroom, even if it's just a room with a yeah, bed no. and nothing else in. I think that because it's a room. That is yours. 
There's no, there's none of this. Oh, let's have two people sleeping in exactly the same room right next to each other, and one of them, and they have to decorate half the room, and one of them never has anybody over for fun times, and the other person has everybody over for fun times every night, and it's all very loud and aggressive. And the other person's always like, oh, why is this person always having fun times aggressively? Because it's all like it's in the this concept, movie. It's the concept of wanting more even when you don't have enough space. So, you know, it's why homes are built so close together with no backyards because you want to fit as many houses on this block to sell as possible. So it's, yeah, it's but very what much like that... you want to fit as many dorm rooms you can in this building. Um, yes, but what I'm saying is that those rooms in Britain would just have a wall in the middle of them and there would be two rooms. Yeah, the same well, size, not not in, and this room looks pretty big enough to like make exactly. these spaces a bedroom and then have a common area. But that is not the case. See this very open in the middle of the day. I think it was the middle of the day. No, it was Just, nice. This is a communal space. Yes, but Tosh does not care. She's a crazy goth chick. So yeah, she is completely getting her freak on with some guy as, you know, Natalie walks in. She turns on the light. She sees this. Tosh yells at her to turn the light off. So she turns the light off and she just has to go to sleep with her headphones on because she doesn't want to hear that. So that, uh, I think, is a is a really interesting setup for what comes later, kind of like how it the is. opening had a great setups in it. So obviously, you know, next time the situation happens, she walk. Um, you know, we see kind of Tosh uh, online talking, like looking for random dudes who want to hook up. She meets a guy. Oh, it's very 1998 instant yeah. messenger as well, Janine. Yes, and it's like the internet is coming through the phone. So there's a certain point where Natalie wants to check her messages. So she asks Tosh if she could use the phone line, and Tosh gets pissed off and says this is my room too and like storms off and, and disconnects from the phone internet so that Natalie can use the phone um so yeah she's tosses online trying to find a random goth guy to hook up with um they vibe or whatever goth as well it, it can yes, only be very there's there's no inclusivity involved here it yes. is very Specific. very much yes so then she says um she asks what room are you in and then says i'm gonna go get ready so then she goes to the bathroom to go get ready um and when she comes back the the reply to what room are you in is yours and she's like what and somebody grabs her is strangling uh -huh. her yes killing her and that's when natalie just comes home from her day and she hears kind of the grunting and moaning sounds. She's about to turn on the light, but then she remembered, oh no, the last time Tosh was having crazy sex. I don't want to see that again. So she doesn't turn the light on. And she just says, oh, sorry, sorry, Tosh. I won't turn the light on. And she goes to bed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And ultimately, I know she's being murdered at this point, but surely this kind of things that the murderer is doing to Tosh. It's exactly the kind of thing she actually quite likes. Yeah. To a point, that, you well, know. To a point that doesn't lead to death. To a, point, to to death. a <laughs> point that doesn't lead to, you have to, exactly, that doesn't lead to death, obviously. Yeah. So you're perfectly believable. You, you are perfectly in, in Natalie's shoes where you're like, 
Oh yeah, that sounds exactly the kind of aggressive fun times that she gets up to when it's actually murder. See, if it was somebody who was into less aggressive fun times, she'd have known. It specifically Ooh. had to be somebody who was definitely into aggressive fun times. Exactly. And so clearly I... constantly aggressive fun times. There's no switching it up. There's not sometimes it's nice and no, it's always know, it's always in, like intimate that. So and all that. It's always she sees kind of you know things. these crazy silhouettes of things happening. She knows, okay, yeah, that's typical for Tosh. Um, so then to wake up the next morning to see a pool of blood, to pull the covers off Tosh, her wrists are slit, she's completely dead, and then written in blood on the wall is, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Which I think in the previous scene, after Damon had, you know, seemingly gone missing, she gets, she checks out the urban legend book from the library, the last person to check it out was Damon, so maybe she's kind yeah. of starting to believe that maybe he was just messing with her. He, he, he went to the class, he knows about, you know, the teacher teaching these urban legends. Um, and she's kind of going through the book and she sees different urban legends, the the, the phone call. And, and she actually does see the one about the roommate getting killed um, while your roommate's asleep. And, and you see like in the drawing of the book, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? So That's now we know that my second that is... favorite uh, writing with blood on the wall in a movie after the Chamber of Secrets has been opened, enemies <laughs> yeah, of the air beware. beware. And I think third would be your next onto the glass. They actually did a really good job with that in your next. Um, mm. yeah. uh, <laughs> and um, then as she's scrolling through the book, she gets to another one, the uh, gang high beam initiation. Um so yeah, uh, never heard of this one. I yeah, I had never heard of this one either. So she's American. talking, she's looking through the book with Tara Reed, and Tara Reed explains it how um, you know, people will drive around with their lights off, and the first person to warn them, like flash their lights at them to warn them that their lights are off, they turn around and come after them and chase them and kill them. So you never want to warn anybody about anything because it might be this creepy initiation where the first person who tries to warn you that your lights are off you know, that person will come after you. So she kind of explains that whole, whole initiation urban legend to people <laughs> who don't have their lights I on. Just do it annoy um, I just do it to annoy people sometimes. Driving out of the car well, park someone's going to come after you just for being annoying. So you better <laughs> Driving out of the car park at work, if I pass, or if I'm, oh, you know, coming up on one of the aisles and I see somebody I know in the car, just be like, ding, 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 flashing the lights. Instead of honking your horn, you do that instead of horns. No, I don't honk the horn. That's too loud. And yeah. Oh, but just flashing a bright light in somebody's face. <laughs> wow. As long as it's quiet, I okay. can be not as annoying as possible. It's okay. noise I don't like. I appreciate your logic. So, um, yes, Tosh is dead and she goes, you know, she's talking to the Dean and Reese about it and they are just kind of writing it off as a suicide because she was I'm depressed and she was on drugs. And... The Dean is yet. <laughs> well, because nobody's going to know this, this movie. You Nobody are, this though. Um, so, yes, I grew up loving this movie called, it's a Terry Gilliam film called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen um, about this <laughs> Baron, who went on all these crazy adventures, um, loved this movie. This was like, oh, I always call it old timey Avengers. It's like this super huge power team of people who go on these crazy adventures. Um, 
And uh, the Dean is actually played by the guy who plays Baron Munchausen. So I was, I was very excited to see, you know, Baron Munchausen, who I watched in my childhood be in this little movie. So, yes, you he's the Dean. See, that just felt like you had to bring that up at <laughs> okay. some point. Thank you. Thank you for giving my, my moment for the adventures of Baron Munchausen. Um, so, yeah, they kind of just write it off as a suicide because obviously she was gothic and depressed and kind of, you know, those whole um, tropes of gothic people. It's very um, judgmental, Janine. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily appreciate the. Tosh um, seemed like someone who loved person. life. Goth, she seemed as you know a goth person. That was more of a style choice, and um, yeah, she seemed like somebody who loved having a good time. So I, I don't significantly <laughs> so. Yes, I, I, it's far too judgmental for my liking. All this, oh. She wore black. She must have been yeah. suicidal. Because I think, did you know she was on these drugs for depression? And she's like, well, she painted half the room black. So, you know, I got, I had a clue about that. Like, no, it's not necessarily like a true thing, but you know. 1998, Janine. Yes. So we just have to know what time we're in. So nobody really believes her when she thinks that Tosh has um, been killed. And like we see that Tosh died because she was strangled. So just another kind of smart choice from the killer to then slit her wrists as well to make it look kind of like a suicide. Um, and also, I guess they needed the blood to write that whole message on the wall. Um, I mean, I know this is a very morbid thing to even think about, but how does one slit one's wrists and then strangle yourself yeah so i mean if real if if real police and autopsy people had looked at that body i'm sure they would have figured out she died of strangulation suffocation not not her wrist being slit um idiots yes but it's the dean and this campus cop who are like i guess running point on this um where so, are the police in this movie, actually? I don't know. The only know. people that take any any interest in actually what's going on is those two and Jared Leto, the journalist. Yeah, so he is kind of doing his journalist thing, kind of trying to get clues and answers. Um, and so then through the kind of figuring out what's going on, him and uh, Natalie do get a little bit closer. Um, and he kind of drops being investigative for the journalist side of things and more just wanting to know what happened, what is going on and to help Natalie. Um, So their kind of bond, it kind of is growing at this point. So yeah, more people are popping up, more people are dying. um, And then there's a huge party that Michael Rosenbaum is having to celebrate the um, Stanley Hall massacre, the story that he was telling at the beginning. So he's having this big party. Because obviously... we, we see <laughs> massacres are an appropriate event to celebrate exactly so um we see him getting his dog drunk uh tara reed she's at the party for a little bit but then she goes to leave to do her late night radio show and then she and ultimately ends up getting attacked i don't think she dies by urban legend though i don't think. i don't think so no. Not unless there's something about radio host gets killed whilst on air and people think it's part of the show. Which yes. there might be. So yeah, she's screaming and like people are hearing her because her show was playing at the party. And we hear her screaming and getting chased and running around. So it's a pretty good like, you know, horror chase. But I don't think this oh, yeah. is like really urban legend kind of base. But um, yeah, so 
um, that that's a pretty, I don't even think we see how she gets killed, but the chase I think is, is a really good chase. He's kind of chasing her up and down elevators and stairs and she has to like drop down and um, she's hiding and all of these things and people are hearing this on the radio. Um, but they all kind of think, so Alicia Witt, I think she hears her on the radio and so she tries to go down there to to help her. Um, She's still kind of the only one that fully believes everything that's going understands on what's, yeah understands yeah what's going on. so then michael rosenbaum at this point he's kind of drunk at this party he gets a phone call and it's the killer kind of talking to him and um he thinks oh you're you're just messing with me is this the urban legend where the killer's calling from inside the house and he's like no it's the one where the old lady puts her wet dog in the microwave to dry him off and so he goes to the microwave and the microwave is going and then it beeps and he opens it and Hootie has been exploded. His dog has been it's exploded kind of in the microwave. It's terrible. So then he has a, a, a crazy freak out. He goes to the bathroom to throw up. And then that's when he gets attacked. And so um, he does get pop rock shoved. He gets a like a whole, I think, like um, funnel, like shoved down his throat. Um, killer pours the pop rocks in there. And instead of soda, they put Drano, like chemicals. That's going to kill you. Yeah, so then he ends up dying. Bleach, as we found out in Unfriended, Unfriended, yes, you can't Um, drink bleach. You can't, you can't do that. Um, so then he ends up getting killed as well. So now all of these people have been, you know, killed, and now it's kind of, um, Natalie and uh, Jared Leto kind of trying to figure out, and uh, her friend Rebecca Gighart, she's kind of upset with her because you know she sees that Jared Leto likes. Uh, Natalie and not her so she feels like her friend yeah. like stole her crush um so she's all kind of sad about it and not really talking to her um so then even, you know even though these people are in college they still act like it's a high school <laughs> right like a very very um teen drama-ish kind of situation they've literally that th- I have strong beliefs this movie was set in a high school but then they thought oh that's a little bit too similar we'll have to change we'll have to change it to college to make it more and then they just made nobody more mature (laughs) no they were all pretty much the same kind of high school maturity level i I suppose they had the roommate one though so you don't really have that in high school yeah maybe i don't know um so um then you know they do set up a couple red herrings we have like a creepy janitor guy we have um robert england the the professor he is kind of um set up to be a red herring but then we actually do learn that you know in an old article he was actually the lone survivor of that stanley hall massacre um so then they so then they're starting to think that maybe it was him um and look so not to be judgmental as well, but if anybody's going to be doing killing in a horror movie, chances are it's Robert England. Right? Exactly. <laughs> that just um, makes sense to everybody. I mean, outside of your dreams is kind of weird, but um, yeah. Yeah, if it's, so... if it's real world Robert England, maybe not. And certainly not actual real person Robert England. Robert England. Hopefully. Yes. Um, so I, I believe Jared Leto and... Um, uh, Natalie, Alicia Witt, and Rebecca Gayhart, they decide to just leave campus. So um, Alicia Witt and Rebecca Gayhart made peace with each other. They decide they're going to be, you know, I'm sorry. He really likes you. I'm okay with it, whatever. So they all leave campus. They stop at the gas station and um, the girls, 
you know, Jared Leto goes into the gas station and the, the girl starts smelling something weird. And then they hear a phone ringing. So they go to the back and Robert Englund's body is in the trunk of the car. Yeah. So now they think that Jared Leto is the killer. So they both run that, off. I think that would make sense actually as well. Like kill people and then write about it to help boost your exactly so uh, all of those kinds of pieces come together and you could easily frame it on robert england because he was the lone survivor of this like legendary school massacre thing right it's clever research actually exactly to jared leto if he was the kid jared leto isn't the killer (laughs) if he was the killer i think that's a good way of doing it Yes. I appreciate the movie for trying to yeah, for kind of it that way a little bit. Yes. So they do kind of run off into to the woods and Rebecca Gayhart gets lost. They both get separated. So then um Alicia Witt, which I'm, I'm doing a, a you thing where I'm like their character name in there <laughs> and their actual name and I never stuff. remember anybody's character name, as you well know. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Alicia Witt does stumble upon the janitor, the creepy janitor, and he gives her a ride and um, he starts kind of creeping her out a little bit. So then she tries to get out of the car and he won't let her out. Um, He's like, stop, like, relax. Like, what is wrong with you? So like, you have to, like, after I think Brad Dorf at the beginning, like, you're kind of just like, stop prejudging this man for just looking creepy. Like, (laughs) he's fine. This um, movie kind of ha- <laughs> half loves doing that, but then does tell you at the end to stop doing that. Doing that, yes. Because it then bases we its do... whole scare model on this just person creepy looking, creepy, it's creepy doesn't, and they just they? skulk around. So they must be the ones. Um, and so then um, they do pass a car with their lights off, and it, it does look like Jared Leto's car. And so you know the janitor guy flashes his his high beams at them and so then you know alicia what's no warning him no because it's obviously the urban legend killer he flashes them and so then the car turns around comes after them and i think she sees it's the whole um you know person in the big coat you know hooded coat so she knows it's them and they chase him down nice coat i mean wear it in the snow there's no snow in this movie it really doesn't feel like the kind of weather you should really need to wear a big winter coat but they do anyway i don't really understand the choice for the big winter coat yes <laughs> um yeah i don't get it either um so yeah they they run them off the road she ends up kind of this is like the whole final girl circuit situation now where she's yeah. now going through stanley hall and she's finding all of the bodies she finds the body of damon she finds the body of tara reed she finds the body of um all of these different people that have been killed throughout this story. And um, then she's knocked out by the killer and she's on a bed tied up and the big reveal happens of who the killer is. Oh, um, <laughs> one person who's not died. Yes. Um, and just randomly disappeared. So then I think that the build up here at the end is to make you think it's Jared Leto. Yes. Um, 100%. But then the reveal is it is Rebecca Gayhart, her friend, who she did actually tell her story to of her and Michelle, the girl who got killed at the beginning. She tells them about how, um, because the, uh, the dean does bring up her, she had like a criminal record or something like that, but it had happened 
after yeah, she'd already gotten accepted reckless to endangerment or something yes like that. so she tells rebecca gayhart this whole story about how her and michelle were driving and they had heard their urban legend about the high beam guy gang high beam initiation they flashed their um they had their lights off and the the, the first guy who flashed their lights at him they followed him they were speeding michelle was driving she was speeding chasing him up the road and you know he panicked and crashed and died um so they were responsible for his death stop driving like maniacs people yes what is it with i don't understand the last thing i want to do when i'm driving is start driving like i'm vin diesel exactly like it's it's crazy i want to chill like, out so and, and just vibe to, and enjoy the ride races yeah stop trying to so stop trying to be weird in a car just because you're this is the problem. Well, somebody's going to do this to you because you keep flashing your lights at people for no reason. So, um, whilst I'm driving, I just do it to annoy people in a car park. That's still, that's not great. So, <laughs> um, so she had told Rebecca Gayhart that story earlier that Michelle was driving, that she was kind of enjoying it, having fun, but she got scared, but she just didn't say anything. Um, and the man ended up dying because they ch chased him off the road um so then it is revealed rebecca gayhart is the killer and that man that they ended up ultimately killing was her boyfriend um they were going to get married after high school um and all of this so he was killed by an urban legend and so this is why the killer is going and killing people per urban legend so i thought that was like a smart thing because like you know yeah it's a fair motive it's it makes sense it is quite it is quite clever Likewise, I think if it had have been Jared Leto when he was doing it for the for sake the stories. of creating a story to help his career prospects, because that seemed exactly what and his how they set whole him, yeah. angle was, that would that have been really smart too, as well. And so they, I think they kind of play that up a little bit too at the end, um, when you know she still kind of likes likes Jared Leto. I think his name's Paul. She still likes him. And yeah, he really kind of so kiss like it looks like Jared Leto's like doing a dementor sucking out your soul. He's his mouth's too open. <laughs> Are you judging his kissing style? Yes. Um. So um, he tries to kind of act like he's you know he's trying to calm her down and get her to give him the gun because she has a gun at this point. Um, and he you know says, yeah, you could give me the details of all the killing so we can frame the principal or so we could flame frame robert england and you know yeah so you know i'm totally down with your plan like yeah you could really help my career and um you know i would be super grateful so then he like tries to like you know act like he's he's hearing her out and he's there for her because he knows she kind of likes him um and she kind of seems like she's falling for it for a minute but she ultimately doesn't so i like that they still even use that he uses that as a way to kind of try to get the gun away from her and try to calm her down so she's not as erratic and crazy and trying to kill them. Um, but yeah. before this, so she does have Natalie tied to the bed. She is showing her what happened and, you know, why she's after her. And so now she says that the urban legend she's going to do on her is the kidney heist, which is an urban legend of people, you know, a woman drugging a man, putting him in a bath. So he wakes up in a bathtub full of ice and realizes his kidney's been taken to be sold on the black market. So she has... Uh, well, that's, not tied even, up. that's not even a death that's just get rid of a kidney well she doesn't she's not going to be as generous and put uh, her in a bathtub of ice she's just going to like slice her open and pull her kidney out while she's still alive 
not even drugged or anything. So that would probably kill her. So she's like poking at her and that's when Jared Leto comes in and or that's when Reese comes in. Reese, the, the cop, comes to save the day. And so she has a little scuffle with Rebecca Gayhart, but then she does slice her with the um, scalpel that she has that she was going to use on Natalie. So Everyone's Reese is down. Pam Greer impressionist. Yes. So then Jared Leto comes in, unties her, helps her. And that's when they get to that scene where he's trying to talk her down. Um, uh, but then they ultimately get the gun um alicia witt shoots her out the window she falls and now her and jared Leto are driving off and talking about oh you know this whole story is going to become an urban legend you know i'll end up you know they'll change the story you'll end up being like a cop in the story i'll end up have going to like a psych ward um they'll turn brenda uh rebecca gayhart they'll turn her character into a man um and then it's a whole another urban legend again. She didn't die. She pops up from the back seat. She's got the axe. So it's this big scuffle in the car. She's trying to like chop heads off, but the car is going so erratic that she can't, you know, swing the axe. And then they end up crashing on the on the bridge and she goes flying out the windshield into the water. Um, Sometimes, Jingyin, you just feel like it would have been <laughs> a little bit easier for Rebecca Gayhart, if she wasn't so obsessed with urban legends, right? You just feel like if she'd have been a straight just up the easy way and you just had stabbed her, you would have gotten just, what you wanted. You don't need to be doing no pitting the pendulum, tie them to a bed nonsense. Yes, and 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 explain your whole plot, which which I guess that was kind of our complaint with prom night that like he didn't really explain yeah. his plot to the people. And so, this one they are doing. Like so like extremely I, but she didn't need to like stage a whole scene to do that she had she had slides she had slides <laughs> she, had she did have eight. slides she did i'm going to tell you a 10 minute long story <laughs> right and show you exactly slides. why i'm doing this i don't care i'm tied to a bit let me go or just oh. tell me i don't need these visual aids like i really don't <laughs> like, although the kills um, in this were better than the kills in prom night that is true i think i think that's a fair point but i actually think the motive in prom night is way more emotional interesting than, and emotional than than the motive in this one although the motive in this well, one may was pretty emo yeah still like, be pretty this was like the love of her life and they were gonna get married and all of that um i don't actually think this but to be fair, urban led prom night is entirely a more dramatically emotional movie than Urban Legend. Yes. It's way more interested in that sort of stuff than this movie is, even though ultimately it's the same kind of you killed someone close to me. Uh, yeah. Kill motive. Kill a motive. Yes. It's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. motive, but um, yeah, there's no emotion behind um, th these kills, even though kind of the motive is the same. It's weird. Um, no, it doesn't feel. It just doesn't feel as personal, does it? Yeah, it just feels very. Why? Why are you being overly theatrical about it? It's like a weird mix. It's like half theater of blood as well. Yeah. So I think I. It's really just to kind of get to Alicia Witt and freak her out that all these people around her are dying in the way that she killed her love. And that was kind of the whole thing with it. Um, 
I mean, I but appreciate yeah. that. I do like that idea. I really do. That's why I do like Theatre of Blood as well. The fact yes, that so Vincent fun. Price as, as the failed actor is just killing all of his critics, critics by yes. really staged Shakespearean ways. Yes. It's I, so it's When so you had me, well, when so I watched cool. Theatre of Blood with you, I was like, oh, this movie is so fun. I love it. So yeah. Um, so a similar kind of vein of, of how her kills are going. Um, so she does, you know, seemingly drown. And that's kind of the end of the movie, right? Um, so then we have a new set of now college kids at that college and somebody's telling the story of now what Brenda has done, um, as kind of Alicia Witt and Jared Little joked about that. Oh, now this is going to become an urban legend that people are going to be talking about. So they're telling the story. Um, and, uh, then another in joke is made. Uh, somebody says, oh yeah, um, that guy was my cousin's roommate and, then some other girl says, and Brenda was the girl from the Noxima commercials, which the, at the time, that's what Re- Rebecca Gayhart was known for. She was really popular in these like zit cream commercials. She was the kind of spokes actress for these Noxima zit cream commercials. So that was like her claim to fame. <laughs> so when they make that joke about, oh yeah, and Brenda was the girl from the Noxima commercials, she actually was. Um, that is american bias and i don't appreciate it yes i'm sorry you would not get that joke um so then we hear a girl's voice be like oh well i know what really happened this is how the story goes and it's brenda and she has different hair she's like different look and so she did survive and now she's she's spreading her urban legend um and that's how the movie ends so she's too obsessed with urban legends, Janine, but I guess it makes sense in a movie called Urban Legend. Yes, but I mean about urban legends. At this point, if you're now watching this movie today, I think it would be, you know, you, you could easily guess that the killer's Rebecca Gay Hearts, and she actually is kind of a killer. <gasps> oh, harsh. I mean, not harsh, kind of true. Yeah. In fact, like exactly actually, true. She actually killed a little boy because I believe like it was like, you know, a crosswalk for a school and she didn't want to wait. She just, so she pulled around the other car, sped through the crosswalk and hit a little boy who was crossing the street and killed him. Um, so yes. So I'd like, I, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just me <laughs> things this way, but then um, once upon a time in Hollywood, she actually plays uh brad pitt's annoying wife who he harpoons so i'm like did he do that as kind of a like she (laughs) so i'm like did he do that as kind of a like we're gonna kill this person who killed a little boy in this movie and make her an annoying person who ultimately gets harpooned like did he is that why he did that is that why he cast her in this little tiny part (laughs) possibly so yes i forgot that plot detail of once upon a time in hollywood to be perfectly honest with you. Yes. i haven't I haven't watched that movie since rebecca I gayhart i don't think has done anything really in recent times so when she popped up in that movie as the that little flashback scene of the wife that he harpooned and like i wonder if he did that on purpose because yeah <laughs> she killed a child Just out of impatience of something kind of seems like something he would do yeah, I always kind of think about that when I watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But um, yeah, so the killer is actually a, a kind of a killer. Um, but yeah, what a unique twist! <laughs> yeah, um, this movie. How many uh, times or saw the that? future? How many times can you say that? To be fair, <laughs> that about a, the, movie? a movie killer actually ended up killing somebody in real life. 
yeah whether it was intentional or not yeah acts totally accidental but out of sheer impatience um yeah it's crazy so you there's another unique point or a unique reason to watch urban legend a perfectly good slasher movie that it is I would say it's a better movie than Prom Night. I probably enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Prom Night. I found Prom Night sometimes to be a little unsure of what the hell it was. Yeah. Like, I, I like if you're going to make your death so impactful and emotional and everyone involved and your kills are so personal, like you're killing people who were involved in the opening incident. And the fact that there was no emotion there or even kind of like putting them on trial a little bit you know, having little moments of like, this is what you did, remember what you did, or something, and acknowledge to them what they did, um, that would have made the emotional through line, like, be perfect for prom night, but yeah. they didn't do that. The kills were just very hollow. Um, so and you had an emotional beat at the end, emotional beat at the beginning, and the middle, those deaths, you didn't get that emotion when it sh- you should have had it. And in urban legend, everything means so much and is so perfectly staged that even when the actual motive and killer is revealed you think at that point they've even gone too far with the staging of it did they really (laughs) need to go that far yes but you appreciate i appreciate this kind of overly overstaging more it adds a bit of yeah piling up these bodies and death around the one person you really want to get to yeah so yeah i enjoyed this movie janine yeah i did i did i am looking forward to next week though as well oh i still can't believe you haven't seen this movie neither can i because it's the final movie of the four decades of horror because we've done 70s 1970s we've done 80s we've done 90s now with urban legend and next week janine we are covering what jennifer's body from i believe 2009 so the the one movie everyone agrees megan fox is great in yes like this and and i I think it's one see that yes and i think it's one of those ones that didn't do well when it came out but has now become like have built up this cult following so yeah I'm certainly very interested in that. I don't think there's anything particularly... I think Jennifer's body has some nice uh, kind of commentary surrounding it in terms of subject matter and layers and that kind of stuff that Urban Legend necessarily didn't have. There's nothing deep about Urban Legend. No, but this definitely will have quite a bit of commentary, like social commentary, I think. So I'm excited to... To get into discussions around that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to talk about movies like this that are kind of surface level, but fun all the same. But then you get more yeah. layers to it, like like Magic had, and you just start nice. Yeah. But I do appreciate a female a female killer as well, because um, you don't really oh, yeah, quite see that too much. So I appreciate Urban Legend for that as well. Definitely. Um, yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Yes. I did enjoy Urban Legend. So Yay. So applause. you know, you, you can you can see why I was kind of wanting you to see it for a while. Yes, you of know. course, Joshua Jackson, <laughs> that's all. Of course, of course. <laughs> Even though we didn't make it very far no, at all. Disappointingly. 
short performance from Joshua Jackson, Janine. If there At the was time, he thing. was there. He was great. It's very true. That is very true indeed. This is, this has been. Morgan hasn't seen. We are on the four decades of horror series. Like I said, next week is the finale of it, where we move into the 2000s with Jennifer's body. But Janine Morgan hasn't seen is not the only show you can find on the It's Wonderful podcast feed because we also have Machine Mondays with yourself, don't we? Yes, talking all things Schmodown. I had a huge moment in my Schmodown career, so that's what I talked about this week. So check it out. Yes, we also have the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, every Friday, where we celebrate, show love to, and discover new types of older movies. That's what the whole conversation is over there. I'm always on there, Janine's on there every other week, and on the weeks Janine's not there, Nolan Dean's there, so it's always fun on It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show as well. Me and Nolan this week are talking... Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy in Adam's Rib. Ooh. So there you go. Versus each other in court. Yeah. Very exciting. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. You can find the show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all the other places. Uh, we have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. The where we have the watch-alongs and the video and fun videos and some live chats that we want to keep doing more of as well. So you can subscribe and do your notification bell things over there to see all the new stuff on the YouTube channel. I've already spoken about the Patreon before, but you can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dome with the three instead of the E and the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at simply just the purple don. All your glorious stuff is where you can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Bean on Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find all that on my T Public Shop at G9 Design. If you want to purchase any art prints of my work, you can find that at my big cartel shop, G9Design.bigcartel.com. Well, there you go. Not quite sure what to ask of you this week, to be honest, Janine. I don't think Joshua Jackson has a particularly interesting voice for you to do an impression of. I mean, the killer did try to do a bit of voice modulation, but it just sounded like... No, it was poor. (laughs) I didn't like it. It just sounded like um, uh, Kevin McAllister's little voice-changing thing. It did. Home Alone (laughs) (laughs) 2. That's exactly what it sounded like. Well done. I like that. You can do your ghost face, though, if you want. I don't do a good ghost face. Oh, <laughs> you I'm say sure that you like you, you say that like I do a good ghost face. You you have to be. A, it's you. How do you not do a good ghost face? I don't do a good ghost face at all. Um. Well, <laughs> do your best slasher killer scary voice. Three, two, one. I'm so scared. Bye. Bye.